Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello team and welcome back to another episode of the Simply Fit Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a damn good one. I am looking forward to it. I get a lot of questions about the secret to my success and also the secret to success of a lot of the successful clients I've worked with. And although there isn't necessarily a clear blueprint, when you begin coaching people for a long enough period, especially those who have had consistent and long-term sustained success, you do begin to see trends appear. And this became even more apparent to me this week when four, and I repeat, four of my EHC clients said almost the same thing within their check-ins. And what really took me back was almost, you know, the level of continuity between them. And although they've all, of course, had their ups and downs, they've all been able to sustain their success and the results that they've achieved. And the one key thing that they all had in common this week was their reference to rules. And that's going to be one of those things that I go through today. And just talking about how they've cultivated a certain set of rules in which they live by that help them make the best choices within their health and wellness. And that is going to be the first one I go through today. So I've given that away, but I want to go through it in a bit more detail. But it was fascinating to see that they all said that on the same week. And then it made me realize the other trends that a lot of the successful clients I've worked with have. So to be clear, today's episode is not the five traits you need to get into shape. That would be a totally different episode altogether. This is all about how you sustain your results for the long term. And I also want to go with some unconventional options too. I'm not just going to tell you that they've been consistent for a long period of time, although obviously that's true. It's likely not going to help you after hearing this for the thousandth time. I want to talk about the things you might have not considered or potentially overlooked and how these things are going to lead you to success in the long term. Realistically, this is what it's all about too. No one wants to be in shape for just a holiday or just the season. If they say they do, it's simply because they don't think it's possible to sustain their results 
or that they know that they don't necessarily have the mindset or aren't willing to take the steps required to maintain their results long term. The amazing thing these days is when people reach out to me and I have conversations with those who are looking to get started, they do occasionally talk about short-term results. But around 80 to 85% of the time, they're talking about making a permanent change, like long-term results. And I'm not sure if this is because you know I go on about it all the time. So when they come across me, they've already listened to some of my podcasts and seen some of my material on Instagram, or it's just a shift that's taking place in the industry. But either way, I am 100% here for it. Short-term success is fantastic. But what's amazing when someone feels the effects of living a healthier lifestyle for years and years on end, their results aren't just for a season, they're for life. So today I want to go through the five traits I recognize in everyone who's been able to maintain their results for the long term. And into number one, they live by a set of rules that they've created for themselves. You may not know it, but you're already probably living by a set of rules. Perhaps you have a self-imposed rule that you don't drink alcohol until the evening on weekdays. Perhaps you have a rule that you're only allowed to sleep in on the weekends. Perhaps you have a rule for how much coffee you drink or how much money you spend in a week. We all live by certain rules, but don't usually acknowledge them for what they are. In some cases, our circumstances may enforce these rules upon us. If you have an office to go to at 8am, then you may only be able to sleep in on the weekends. If you only earn X amount of money, then you may need to budget to ensure that you can pay your rent, etc. You use these rules to make your life easy so that the decisions are made for you with with the desired outcome in mind. You may want to sleep in on a Thursday, but the desired outcome is to keep your job and therefore you need to turn up on time, right? You may want to spend more money, but you need to pay your rent and you want a place to live in and therefore you don't. These rules are not meant to be strict or boring. They exist for a purpose. And the same goes for your health and fitness. And I can't even begin to explain how easy they make the journey. And I want to use that word very deliberately. Easy is what they make this journey. A lot of your success in life and your health and fitness will come down to the quality of your decision making. If you can make plenty of decisions in advance and ideally when you're well rested, well fed and feeling mentally in a good place, these decisions can lead you to success and you don't leave yourself in a position of potential volatility. I'm very mindful about making major life decisions or even just fairly significant decisions if I'm not consistently getting enough sleep or if potentially I'm dieting. Our emotions and our levels of stress can easily lead us down paths that we don't want to go down. Let's take an example. We want to stay in shape, but we've had such a tough and long work week that the only thing that sounds appealing in the moment is a takeaway and or a drink. I'm sure that sounds familiar. However, if you make a decision in advance of what you're going to eat on Friday night and that you're not drinking at the moment, so there's no alcohol in your house, it becomes so much easier to make the choice that aligns with your goals and not only make the choice, but to stick by the choice as well. And so how can we do this for our health and fitness? So I've reflected on mine. I realized that they were almost created quite intuitively. And I feel like when you reflect on yours, you'll probably realize that you are intuitively living by some already. And ever since I've been a little bit more intentional about making these rulemaking, especially once I've had the understanding about it, but I'd say a lot of these did just come about by having goals. For example, I always wake up and drink at least 500 mils of water every day, no matter where I am. I always eat protein with my meals, nearly at every single meal. I rarely drink caffeine after 2 to 3 p.m. And if I do, it's almost always decaf. 
I don't allow myself to watch Netflix from Monday to Thursday as I know it will mess with my sleep. At one, I learned the hard way. I train at least four times per week. I usually won't eat until three to four hours after I've been awake. And as you can see, it's nothing that's realistically groundbreaking. Yet when these are applied every single day and I don't actually have to actively make these choices, they mount up into being something really, really significant and allow me to stay healthy and in shape year round. The first, for example, with the water sets me up for success with my hydration. The second allows me to get sufficient protein and stay satiated. The third and fourth allow me to get good quality sleep. The fifth ensures that I'm active four to seven days out of the week at a very minimum. And the sixth allows me to have a period of fasting, which limits my eating windows and allows me to not just kind of wake up and eat whatever I want to. I can set the day with intention because I've got that little bit of time to think ahead of having my first meal. It almost covers every aspect of the journey. And there's, and honestly, these are just the first ones that came to mind. I'm sure there is a lot more that I live by. Then I have rules that apply for social occasions too, only allowing myself one quote unquote off track meal, regardless of how many socials I have to attend in that week. I have rules around being on holiday, continuing to remain active and keeping to the majority of my nutrition rules. That's one of mine. I have rules for traveling, fast when flying, not relying on airport or airplane food. You guys already know that if you've listened to my past couple of podcasts. And all of these are a fundamental part of my success. And these are very much the reason why I believe so many people struggle with maintaining their success in the long term. Imagine waking up every morning and thinking about when and what you're going to eat today. Imagine wondering when you're going to consume your protein or when you'll get the majority of your water consumed. Imagine debating with yourself at 4 to 5 p.m. whether you should have that coffee or not. This, <laughs> it just, it sounds exhausting just saying it to be completely honest. And that's where these rules come in and they take away the need for these decisions to be made in the moment. In the early stages, as you begin to work these out, you will have to proactively make these choices, if, especially if you're just starting your journey. Try it, but try and think about what decisions you can make in advance and what you can make a rule around. And if you don't like the word rule, then use ritual, routine, habit, or whatever it is. But plain and simply, create a parameter around it to make your life easier. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, but Elliot, I like to choose what meals I'm having. And that is totally fine. Focus on the things that you don't mind doing consistently on a day-to-day basis. Focus on when you're going to have your water, for example. Focus on when you're going to sleep. Focus on when you're going to train in the day. If you're like me, you'll find yourself with a lot of these rules already in place. And then you just add more on top and lock in the ones that you already have in place that are kind of just done intuitively. And it can lead you to a lot of success. I encourage I encourage you all to reshape your relationship with rules. I really, really do. They're there to help you. And if you obviously choose these yourself, then you won't feel like you're stuck in anything rigid. So that is number one. And number two on the list that all successful people have in place is that they view their journey in years, not months and weeks. Successful people view their journey in years, not months and weeks. I recently wrote an Instagram post about how it took me a solid eight years or longer to genuinely feel content with the physique I had. Eight years, not eight weeks, not eight months, eight years. And it could even be longer too. The reality for most of us is that we're not going to achieve our dream physique during our first year of training and eating well, perhaps not even our second or our third or our fourth as a matter of fact. So if you're in the mindset of thinking that you're going to look like a men's health model or that IG model that you've been following on Instagram in a couple of months or even years maybe, you're probably going to be disappointed. However, here's the caveat. 
Throughout those eight years, I did see progress. Each year, I was bigger, stronger, or leaner, or even sometimes all three of those. My physique looked better year on year on year, but because I had high standards on how I wanted my body to look, I wasn't completely pleased or content with what I saw. Happy with the results? Absolutely. Wanted more and better? 100%. And this is the part I see people get wrong time and time again. They've gone through one fat loss phase and think that will be the answer. They may have gone through two and realize that it's still not enough and get frustrated, but they tend to miss a couple of really key points. First one here, most of the time, they've made enormous progress and don't acknowledge how far they've come because it's not where they want to be. This is huge as it can be really discouraging if you don't actually look back and acknowledge everything that you've achieved. It might not be where you want to be, but it's a hell of a lot far away from where you started. The second is they don't realize that the person's physique that they've been admiring has probably been putting in the work for five plus years. They may have strong genetics. They could even be on performance enhancing drugs. The comparisons can often be unrealistic. And instead, if they stop to acknowledge their own progress and compare themselves to their prior selves, then I'm sure they'd be 10 times more enthusiastic and incentivized to continue pushing on. And another note to add to this, and it is a bit of a harsh truth, just because you've been in the gym for years and years doesn't mean you're making an abundance of progress. It's not unusual to get feedbacks from clients who say to me, I've made more progress with you in the last three months than I have in the past three years. Or they come away from a personal training session and realize that when they were exercising on their own, it was absolutely nothing like what they did in the session that we just had together. Most of the time, they weren't consistently tracking their progress. They were hopping from program for program. And all that time, unfortunately, even though they were actually putting in years of work, technically, it didn't actually equate to nearly as much as they'd expect. And I think we've all been fooled by that old saying, practice makes perfect. It doesn't, unfortunately. If your bench press is completely wrong as you're not contracting your pecs properly, you're letting the bar bounce off your chest and you're never really paying attention to your tempo, you can practice this technique of bench press for the rest of your life, but it's never going to be perfect. And once again, this is the reality for most people in the gym if they've never worked with a coach or trainer or really taken the time to understand how to properly train and exercise. Perfect practice makes perfect, or at least doing the movement optionally, that will lead you closer to the results that you want to see. But Elliot, the idea of years sounds exhausting. I can't even think about committing for months. And this is a good point. And I want to go through another two things here that I think will help. When I first went into a gym years and years ago, in fact, forget the gym example, we're not even going to use that. If you've got kids, I'm sure that when you and your partner conceived, You didn't think, damn, how are we going to keep up this parenting thing for the next 18 years and still be there for them for the rest of their lifetime? If you've been in a career or a job for years and years, it's unlikely that on your first day you were thinking about how are you going to keep doing that job or stay in that career for years and years. You simply focused on the day, week, month ahead of you, or even the task at hand. You focused on the things that helped you be a good parent or helped you improve within your job or career. You weren't looking at your newborn baby and thinking about how you're going to manage them in their teenage years. You focused on looking after that baby. The same thing goes to your health and fitness journey. And whilst we're on the child example, I think this actually lends perfectly with another analogy. 
The beauty of children is that as they grow older, they get more self-sufficient. Imagine if you had to apply the same amount of effort and energy that you do to looking after a newborn for 10 to 15 years. I'm sure some of your parents are thinking that this is your idea of a nightmare. It's quite simply, it just wouldn't be sustainable, would it? So the same goes with your health and fitness journey. If you're committing to an intense amount of exercise or an extreme diet, the idea of sustaining this won't be sounding like anything that's remotely feasible. Your journey should go through bouts of when it doesn't feel sustainable in order to achieve a goal that you've never had before. However, if you've never got to a point of sustainability, then there's no doubt to why you're thinking in months versus years or even weeks as a matter of fact. But this is what the goal will need to become. And that's why at EHC, we're so passionate about not only getting you to your goal, but to the point in which you find your health and wellness almost easy to maintain. In an ideal world, if someone was purely focused on their physique development, they would potentially do a diet for somewhere between, let's just say however long that they needed to diet, but let's say three to six months for an example, they'd reverse diet for one to two months and then take a year or more to maintain or build up their physique. Beyond your first fat loss phase, the ratio of sustainability or a muscle building phase to dieting should be like a four to one ratio or even a five to one ratio. However, if your ratio is two to two because you spend half the year dieting and half the year maintaining or going into a muscle building phase, you are going to struggle to find sustainability. Personally, I've loved the gym from the get-go, so I was fortunate to not have to make this transition to long-term thinking. It's always been something that I knew I would do for the long term. However, in the early stages of me in the gym and my journey, I'd say that it consumed me a little bit too much. And only once I put my rules in place, spent less time dieting, did things actually get a lot easier for me. I don't want to underestimate the challenge of maintaining this lifestyle, but I would say at this stage, with the experience and parameters I have in place, maintenance has become something that's actually relatively easy for me. Which leads me on to number three on the list that goes hand in hand with the last. Those who are successful in the long term are not. And I repeat, not obsessed with being lean all the time. This one did take me some years to get my head fully around. So if you're in this place right now and you still want to make progress within your physique, I urge you to listen closely and really do your best to take the next five minutes or so on board as much as you possibly can. There are some people in this world who are just naturally lean. They were relatively lean when they were a kid. They were relatively lean despite what they ate or how much exercise they did. There are certain people who are just like this. You may know someone like this, and if you do, you probably hate them as well. (laughs) So unless you're in this category, it's probably not productive for you to stay super lean all the time. It's certainly not productive, and it may not even be healthy for you to do so either. And of course, this is subjective as one person's version of lean is definitely going to be different to someone else's. And I will go into the flip side of this in just a moment, but I want to lead with a couple of truths. If you've just wrapped up a fat loss phase, it's highly unlikely you'll be able to maintain your leanest physique. And a quick caveat here too, I'm speaking for 90% of the people out there. There will be genetically gifted, there will be outliers, there will be athletes. However, I'm just talking about everyone outside of this small group of people. At the back end of a fat loss phase, your calories are generally going to be at their lowest, your activity is going to be at its highest, and high output and low input is great for fat loss for a certain period of time. But living on a low amount of calories for too long is not going to be ideal, nor is doing too much exercise if your calories aren't sufficient to help you recover. 
and therefore the calories will need to come back up and the activity will need to be reduced, generally, okay? We can be as diligent as possible during our reverse diet, but the majority of us will gain some fat. And to be honest, I've executed a reverse diet to perfection in the past. My calories flew up, my activity went right down, and my body comp barely changed. However, until I put some fat back on, I genuinely did not feel good whatsoever, so that is worth considering too. And if you are really interested, you can scroll through the archives of YouTube, and I actually did a whole video on that reverse diet, and you'll see how I managed to increase by about 600 calories. Stayed the same in terms of body comp, but like I said, I did not feel any better. And therefore, if you are desperately trying to hold on to your leanest ever physique for longer than a brief period after your fat loss phase and you aren't proactively trying to build up your calories, it's likely that you're going to run into some challenges. And on the extreme end of this, it can be health challenges like physical health challenges that come from not getting enough nutrients from your food and mental health challenges that are exacerbated because you're not nourishing your body correctly and even hormonal challenges too. And even if you are fortunate enough to escape these challenges, your body is in a deficit and will have to fight for the muscle that is on your frame. And unless your protein, your training and sleep is 1000% on point, you're putting yourself in a position where you're likely to lose the precious muscle you've worked so hard to build. And you also might be struggling with physical and mental energy too, as your body is only getting a little amount of fuel and it's using that to maintain its bodily functions and fuel the exercise you're still putting your body through. And that's realistically all it's going to have the resources to do. None of this sounds productive for the long-term nature of your journey. And as mentioned, most of the time you're going to run into these health challenges and we'll have to focus on fixing them versus improving your physique and actually just living your life. You may even lose muscle and if your next block of training involves actually gaining muscle, and you can see how this can be incredibly counterproductive. You may struggle with energy, and therefore you're not really going to make much progress within your training. You may even grow resentful to your training because of how much physical and mental energy it actually takes from you. And as you can probably tell, there aren't many pros aside from staying lean for a little bit longer. However, like I've said earlier, the title of this podcast is about how you maintain your results for the long term, and staying lean for longer than necessary is not going to set you up for success. And now I want us to consider a couple of things here too. I assume a lot of us are hearing this and thinking, is Elliot telling us that we're supposed to be overweight again and that we can never be lean? And this part is really important for me to clarify. You may not be able to stay at your leanest, but you can stay within touching distance. As I've mentioned many, many times, if you are smart and strategic with your reverse dieting phase, you may only gain between, I don't know, two to five pounds and be in a healthy place with the amount of food you're consuming and the amount of exercise you're doing. This is likely to be a minimal amount of body weight compared to probably where you started. You might not have all the lines in your abs, but your waist will be tighter and sharper than it was before. So that's the first consideration. You don't have to put on a ton of weight, but it'll be helpful to get comfortable with putting on a little. The next aspect is that each time you go through a phase of dieting, you're likely to be able to hold a lower amount of body fat. So let's use some easy numbers as an example. And I think when most people hear this, they'll really start to understand why the long-term nature is so important. So let's say you started your fat loss phase at 85 kilos. It's the first time you've done this. You drop 15 kilos and you're now 70 kilos, a very successful dieting phase. You intelligently reverse diet. You hold 72 kilos for a while and then you gain five kilos over the course of your muscle loading phase. Then you go into the next dieting phase at 77 kilos versus 85 kilos. You commit the same time frame, and this time you drop 10 kilos instead of 15. You now finish at 67 kilos. 
you reverse diet, you hold that 69 kilos because you've gained two in the reverse. You then gain a further five during the same muscle building phase you go through. And the next time you come around to your fatless phase, you're starting at 74 versus 77, three kilos lighter than the last time you've dieted and nine kilos lighter than the first ever time you dieted. This time you commit to the same time frame. You drop another 10 kilos. You're now finishing at 64 kilos. You reverse diet and find yourself at 66 kilos. This is lighter than you were when you finished your last dieting phase and you've already gone through the reverse diet this time. Not only that, but you've gone through two muscle building phases. So you're going to be way more muscular, toned, defined, whatever word you want to use at 66 kilos than you've ever been before. Getting to this the first time round would have required you to drop 21 kilos and you wouldn't have had nearly as much muscle, but because you were focusing on the next phase and weren't obsessing about staying lean, you were able to be productive and now can comfortably maintain 66 kilos because you put in the work. And some people might not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) You have to earn the right to stay lean. You have to earn the right to stay lean. Sure, you can go super low calorie and have to exercise all the time, but that to me is not the healthy route forward. It's not setting you up for long-term success whatsoever. And one final side note that I actually did a whole segment on in January, I believe, is that if you've never been lean before, but you do want to make progress with your physique, don't rush into that muscle building phase. I see this a lot. People will rush into their muscle building phases as soon as they're done with that fat loss phase. They gain a little bit of weight and they feel like they never really got to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And then they end up wanting to diet earlier than would be productive or want to mini cut all the time when once again, it's going to be far more productive for them to remain in a surplus. So don't rush into it. Take your time and just enjoy those fruits of your labor. There's nothing wrong with maintaining for two to three months or even longer after your reverse diet. Your opportunity to gain muscle is always going to be there. So there is absolutely no rush. So to summarize, trying to stay at your leanest is not often a productive option. Enjoy the fruits of your labor after your fat loss phase, but of course, still reverse diet. Don't try to stay leaner than you need to during a muscle building phase either. I didn't touch on this one, but your body will like having a little bit of fat on it and your performance in the gym and your quality of life are often going to improve with having a little bit of extra body fat on your frame. And the last one, which you know not everyone's going to like, you have to earn the right to stay lean. And remember, one final note here, remember that the influencer or men's health model you're following has put in years of work. They're genetically gifted, they might be on performance enhancing drugs, they're getting paid to be lean all the time, or they're posting old photos year round to make it look like they're staying lean when actually they're not. I've actually seen this done by a guy I used to work with. It definitely happens. So on to the fourth Those who maintain their results long-term understand that their mindset and lifestyle need to shift in order for them to keep hold of their results. One of the most common things I hear from those who have achieved fantastic results is that it wasn't until their mindset fundamentally shifted that they really started to see the results come to fruition. Once they addressed their mindset, it all began to fall in place. And I really couldn't agree more here. Getting started on a health and fitness journey is relatively straightforward. Quite often, there's a moment when you realize that something needs to change. There's that photo someone took, the doctor's appointment that didn't go so well, that discomfort on holiday, that wedding dress that didn't quite look as you expected it to. 
It's a huge trigger that tells someone that they need to change. The feeling is very real and it's very urgent as well. And then what happens is you'll lose the first four to five kilos, you'll begin to feel better, motivation starts to dip as it naturally does, socials will start to increase, compliments will start to come on at you at full force. And this is where a lot of people begin to fall off and they don't reach their true potential. Losing this amount of weight is fantastic, but through experience, I've seen that those who don't reach their ultimate goal or address their mindset in the process and really lock in those new habits end up regressing to where they were soon enough and sometimes beyond that, which is quite unfortunate. And then there's the other people who get to this point and realize that unless they address their mindset towards exercise, nutrition, and their actions around social occasions, etc., they won't achieve the results they want. So instead of succumbing to the temptations around them and you know giving into that lack of motivation, they start to shift their mindset. They double down. They begin to see the value in habits and become determined to consistently implement them. They see challenges as something to overcome and learn from versus feeling victimized by them. They take ownership and realize that there is no one out there that's going to do the work for them. It's on them and only them to make sure that they get the results they want. You can get fairly far without doing any of this. Sometimes your circumstances will lend to this and you'll be so motivated by the result that you'll get through it. However, when it comes to sustaining those results for the long term, a growth mindset is needed and taking ownership is also needed and rewarded too. So this individual will implement the changes necessary with that different mindset. But what they're going to realize is that they also need to change their behaviors, their actions, and their lifestyles a whole, as a matter of fact, to make it easy to sustain these results long-term. This is where dinner dates may need to turn into walking and coffee dates. This is where skipping socials on a Friday night in favor of sleeping so they're fresh for their AM workout may happen regularly. This may be when socializing in parks happens instead of socializing in pubs. You'll find that their homes become more synonymous with a healthier lifestyle versus their previous lifestyle. Their schedules will be filled with more gym visits and time to meal prep. Their lives on paper will look incredibly different to the way it did before, and this lends very nicely to maintaining those long-term results. So just like we discussed with the rules earlier, if your schedule, your environment all align with your health and fitness goals, you'll have a far easier time maintaining them long term. It goes without saying that if you're meeting in bars and restaurants three to four times a week versus meeting in parks and coffee shops three to four times per week, it's going to be far easier to make better choices. And this is exactly what it comes down to. Those who maintain the results shape their mindset in a way that supports their goals and alter their lifestyles to facilitate maintaining them too, which leads me on to the fifth and final, which I believe is incredibly important, is that they continue to learn and stay open-minded. Your life is going to change. What works today may not work in a few months. If you get tied to the idea that only one thing is going to work, you're going to find yourself in a challenging position when life throws a curveball at you, which it will. (laughs) If training at 6am in the morning has worked for you for years and years, but all of a sudden you have your first child, your sleep is broken, and it would be more better beneficial for you to get up at 7 or 8 a.m., but instead you push through because it's always worked for you, you may find soon enough that it's going to stop working for you. Your session quality will probably suffer. You might even resent going to the gym because you're tired all the time. You might even find yourself skipping sessions because you keep oversleeping. However, if you're self-aware enough to take a step back and say to yourself, I'm not sleeping well. My sessions haven't been productive lately. Maybe I need to shift things around to try and train later in the day. Even if it's not your favorite approach, you may find that it actually works for you during this time. It doesn't have to be forever either. Once your baby is sleeping through the night, perhaps you can start training at 6am again. But for this season of your life, 
being open to change will be a better approach for your long-term results. The amount that my health and fitness journey has changed across the years has been quite significant. The more I learn, the more it seems to change. And I'd hope to say that it's been mostly for the better. And I'd say that actually I get the same results or potentially even better, but generally with far less effort. I'm going to try and think of some examples here that first come to mind. And I, first of all, used to think it was absolutely essential to get protein consumed within, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes of my workout or even faster if I could. And although it might be beneficial to get protein in quite soon after training, I'm no longer tied to this and will get it when I can, but focus mostly on the overall protein target. I used to believe that fasting would cause me to become catabolic, aka I'd lose muscle if I wasn't eating, and would aim to eat, you know, probably every three hours or so. And these days, I'll occasionally fast, as I know it aids digestion and has other health benefits. And once again, I'll aim to eat within those maybe three to five hour time frame, but the daily intake and macros are what matters to me most. I used to believe that training a different body part every day was the most optimal form of training. Now I realize that training three to four or more muscle groups per workout is generally going to be a better approach. I used used to believe that I operated better on a low-fat diet. Although it did make dieting a little bit easier at the time, I now comfortably have a decent amount of carbs and fats within my repertoire. There were probably a lot more crazy ones than that, but my approach has changed a lot and I'm incredibly open for this to change even more and it'll likely do more as I do you know, more and more experiments on myself in the future and find out what works and what doesn't. I've tried being vegan for a day. I've tried fasting. I've tried running three times a week. I've tried powerlifting programs, bodybuilding. Finding what works for you is fantastic, but being religiously tied to any approach is probably not going to be optimal for long-term success. And it's honestly why I'm not hugely in favor of any diet that excludes a major portion of foods. For example, keto. As to me, life without bread and pasta is just not fun or sustainable. And I want to eat those foods from time to time. Again, being vegan too. If you're doing it for ethical reasons, then I'm totally in support of your choice. But for me, at this time in my life, it doesn't sound sustainable. This doesn't mean it will always be that way, but right now it's not a route I'm going to travel down. And on that note, an aspect that I have missed, which we can add to this one, is that you need to have fun with your journey. If you like meat and carbs and they bring you joy, unless it's for medical or ethical reasons, why would you deprive yourself of having the option of having them from time to time? There will be times where you need to make sacrifices and pass them may not be on the agenda as you're working towards a time-sensitive goal and you might need to be smarter with your choice of carbs. Outside of these times, having the option in my eyes makes things so much more enjoyable and so much more sustainable too. And also if you can have pasta in your repertoire and you can learn to have a small portion and enjoy it instead of consuming a 1500 calorie plate, that lends well to your long-term success too. So those are the five things that those who maintain their results in the long-term have in common. Firstly, they live by a set of rules that they created for themselves. This one's really important. Second, they view the journey in years versus months and weeks. Third, they're not obsessed with staying lean all the time. Fourth, they understand the need for a shift in their mindset and their lifestyle. Fifth, they continue to learn and stay open-minded. So take an honest look at yourself and ask, what do you need to do and what do you need to work on in order to maintain your results for the long term? and then start taking action. I hope this was helpful, guys. I hope this podcast helps you get started on your journey. I hope it helps you stay on your journey. I hope it helps you achieve the results you want. And ultimately, I hope it helps you maintain those for the long term too. If you haven't subscribed already, please, please do. I would absolutely love it if you did. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please drop us a five-star rating and a review. It helps the podcast grow so we can help more and more people on their journeys. 
That's everything from me today, you guys. Have an amazing week ahead. Take care and we'll speak very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.